Father, we love you, and we're asking, God, that in this new season, Lord, the new season that you ordained, the new season that you knew about was coming for this church and for everybody involved, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes, God, that you would unite our hearts. We know, Lord, it says in your word that where there's unity, you command a blessing, and so I pray, Lord, that we would run this race together. God, we would decide and determine, Lord, that we want to be used by you, we want to be a part of something that makes a difference for your kingdom, for your glory, so God, use this time today, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right, children, you can be dismissed. Are we dismissing children? Yes, we're dismissing children. There they go. Uh, Let's clap for Dusty. He's leaving as well. Okay. Uh, Dusty, we don't think you're a child, though, just to let you know. You you, you can just, yeah, you're great. So uh, here's the deal, you guys. Uh, We're doing this series called Couches for Sale. Everyone say couches for sale. And my goal in two weeks is to get you to sell your couch, not your literal couch. Some of you just bought couches. Some of you just sold couches. But we are saying goodbye forever to couch potato Christianity. We're in a new season in our church and what God's doing that we want to get off the couch and get moving in the things of God. And if I know anything, I know one thing, and that is if God's going to do what He wants to do in my life, in my marriage, in our church, in what God's doing in this city, it's not going to happen with me laying down on my spiritual couch. God wants us to get off the couch and God's got plans for us. Now, I've got great news. I talked last week about Craigslist and the couches that are for sale on Craigslist. How many of you have gone on Craigslist before? Let's just see a raise of hands. Okay, Craigslist. Now, last week, there were 893 couches for sale on Craigslist. Okay, 893. Now, we're trying to get couches sold. We want you to sell your couch, your spiritual couch. We want you to get off your uh, couch potato Christianity couch. I've got great news. If your life is anything like Craigslist, in one week's time, we're doing good. You want to know why? Because last week, people owned 893 couches, and last night when I checked, uh, there are only 845 couches for sale on Craigslist. Now, do you know what that means? That means that's got to be some kind of prophetic picture that people are selling their couches. They are getting rid of their couches. They're saying, no thanks. I'm not going to sit on my couch in this season. I'm not going to be a boring, drool-faced Christian that just sits in church, that doesn't have vision, that doesn't have a dream. I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to run this race that God's called me to live. Now, how many of you guys know that God did not send His Son Jesus to die on the cross for church to be boring? He did not send His Son to die on the cross to endure pain and affliction to the point where people couldn't even recognize Him, for church to be absolutely irrelevant and to be ineffective and to just be a gathering place for people to kind of just live their little couch potato Christian lives. How many of you know that when Jesus died, He died for some movement? He didn't die for an organization. He did not die to to have a little gathering. He died for a movement. And for that to happen in this season, we've got to get off our couch. So my desire, and I believe it's with all my heart, it's God's desire, is for you to look at your life and say, you know what, what has God called me to? What is the dream that God's put in my life? And so last week we talked about this. And the whole premise that we talked about last week, if, if you were not here last week, let me just give you the big idea. The big idea about getting off your couch or selling your couch. The big idea is this. You'll never get off the couch unless you have somewhere to go. 
You'll never get off the couch unless you have somewhere to go. So if you're sitting on your couch, which I hope some of you are able to do tomorrow, it is Labor Day. You know what? I want you to sell your couch, but at least sit on your real couch tomorrow and get some relaxation in on this holiday weekend. But how many of you guys understand something? The reason why most people are on their couch potato Christianity couches is because they have no vision. They have no dream. They're just going to church, trying to be a good person, trying to keep their marriage together, trying not to tell the guy that cut them off in traffic that they're number one with the special finger. You know, trying to just kind of be good. And I want to tell you something. If that's all you're living for, if you don't have a bigger dream, if you don't have a bigger passion, man, church is boring. Serving God is mundane. You get drool on your face. You just kind of ho-hum. You think about the weekend, you go, should we go to church? And you're like, hmm, I don't know. And it's a debate because you don't have a dream, because there's not movement. And so last week, the whole idea was get a dream. Understand that you were created to dream, not just follow the church's dream, meaning not just, okay, well, Pastor Steve's coming back next week and he's going to cast vision and we're all excited about that, which we are and that's wonderful. But God wants you to know him so well that you are pursuing a dream and that God's speaking to you and saying, I've called you, I've created you, I didn't have you, but I love you you so I created you and I created you for a purpose and we talked about this last week here's the quote every one of us on planet earth was created by God to have a dream a destiny and a reason for living when God created you he needed something done on earth that nobody else could do so he designed you to do it better than anyone else you add something to this planet that nobody else can add That is what God wants you to do, is understand that you were not created to just be a couch potato Christian, but that God has a vision inside of you. And I would love if we had the time to have you come up on the mic and talk about the dreams that God's given you. There's people here that have done amazing things for the kingdom of God, greater things than I have ever done sitting I'm speaking, but you're sitting. And there's many people sitting in these seats that have done greater things than I have ever done. But here's what I want you to understand. God doesn't want us to dwell on the past and stare at our past trophies. God wants to give us a dream and a passion for this year, for the future. Something that wells up inside of us that says, I have a reason to live. God created me. This should be the most exciting place on the planet. Our life with God. So the question last week was this, do you have a dream? What's your dream? What's the passion that God has placed in your life? I want you to understand this. I think we have it on the screen today. It says this, Satan doesn't attack because of your past. He attacks because of the potential of your future. Satan's not attacking you because of what you did in college. Satan's not attacking you because what you did last year. Satan's not after this church because of the things that happened in the past. Satan wants to attack this church and your life and your marriage and your family because he knows the potential that you have if you carry the vision of God forward. Can I just talk to the men real quick? Man, wouldn't you agree with me 
that it is so much better if the men of this house would stand up and say, you know what, I'm not just going to be a couch potato Christian. I'm going to lead. I'm going to get some passion. I'm going to get some dreams. I'm going to go after. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pound my fist and say, God, I'm going to ask. I'm going to uh, seek and I'm going to keep on knocking till you see, till I see these dreams come to pass. I'm going to seek you. Men, wouldn't you agree with me that life in God with that kind of a life is so much better than just being indifferent, casual, and just kind of not sure where you're headed. There is something that needs to happen where we get a dream. And so we looked at this scripture in in the book of Numbers, and you can turn there. Numbers chapter 32. I want to read this again to you, and then we're going to kind of go in a new direction today. Numbers chapter 32, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. You know what? I've got to be honest with you. I was reading through the Bible this summer. And I did not get all the way through, but when I started reading Numbers, I was like, God, why did you put this book of the Bible in here? Because it starts out with just exactly that, a bunch of Numbers. And I was reading this, I was like, oh, why am I supposed to be so excited about Numbers? But, lo and behold, isn't it funny that God put this scripture in my heart during the summer, uh, that there's something so absolutely significant about uh, the book of Numbers. So I want you to look at Numbers chapter 32, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, Now the people of Reuben and the people of Gad had a very great number of livestock, and they saw the land of Jazer, the land of Gilead, and behold, the place was a place for livestock. So the people of Gad and the people of Reuben came and said to Moses and to Eleazar the priests and to the chiefs of the congregation, Ateroth, Niban, Jazer, Nimrah, Hishban, Eliela, Sebum, Nebo, and Beon, the land that the Lord struck down before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. And they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants for a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan. So I know that was a lot of words with a lot of weird names. Let me just unpack that for you. Here was God's people and God had called his people to the promised land. He said, I've created you. I ordained you. I have planned for you an incredible inheritance. And these people said, I know that dream sounds good. I know that's pretty cool, but we're kind of cattlemen. We're just kind of uh, these herdsmen. And, and this is a place for cattle. So Moses, we just like to stay here. And, and so they said, don't take us to that great vision. Don't take us to the promised land. We're satisfied. We're okay. We don't want to cross the Jordan into these things that God has spoken to us about. And then Moses, their pastor, got a little mad, okay? In verse 6 it says, But Moses said to the people of Gad and to the people of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war while you sit here living couch potato Christian? Oh no, it's not in there. But it says, While you sit here, verse 7, Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Then he says, hey, your parents did this. Your fathers did this. When I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land, for they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, and they discouraged the heart of the people of Israel from going into the land that the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day, and he swore, saying, Surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. None except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. He says, why do you want to settle when there's something so much better? 
better? Why do you want to take on your personal current identity when there is a greater identity for you to behold? And this is what I want to get to this congregation. If I wanted to speak something just to the north side, just to East Vancouver and to Camas, just to the family Bible church family, I want to encourage you and let you know that God has a destiny for you. He has a calling for you. And now is not a time to settle. You may say, well, we're looking around and this kind of just fits us. This is just kind of who we are. This is just us as a people. And we're very satisfied. And we do love the Lord. But we're just going to stay here. We're for you. You go ahead and, and, and cross the Jordan. But we're just going to kind of hang out here. And Moses said to those people, You may be cattlemen, and this may be cattle land. You may think that this is a great place for you to hang out because it fits your identity. But Moses said, there's an identity that you don't yet have that you were called to. There's an identity you may not identify with now, but it's time to cross the Jordan. It's time to cross the river. It's time to go to war and claim the identity that God has for you. And I want to tell you something. It's easy to look at your life, look at your finances, look at your marriage, look at your failures and go, you know what? Bro, this is just me. It's just who I am, man. I'm just, I'm just a dude, man. Don't talk about all these dreams, um, go forward, kingdom living, blah, blah, blah. It's, I, I'm cool like that. I, I'm, I'm okay. And you know what God wants you to know? Is that, yeah, that may be you. And yeah, you may look around and you may be comfortable in this current land. But oh, that the Holy Spirit would awaken your heart, that you would understand there's something so much greater that He has destined for you. There is an identity that you do not yet know of because you have not yet experienced it. You see, if I experience something, I can kind of take on the identity. But if I haven't experienced it yet, I, don't, I can't quite identify it with it yet. And I want to tell you something. God wants to give you a taste. God wants to give you a glimpse of something that's so great that you go, you know what? We will go. You see, Joshua and Caleb, now follow me on this. Joshua and Caleb got a little taste of the promised land. They crossed over and they saw those grapes that were like, pineapples without the pricklies just really good right big old grapes it says the land was flowing with milk and honey they got a taste now they weren't living in that land but they got a taste and then they took that taste back and they said "Ooh, Nelly, we got some good stuff going on over there and you know what these people said these people said it may be good over there in fact, it may blow away your dreams, but we're just kind of satisfied with this life. And I want to tell you, if, you if, if, if Moses rebuked for any reason, he rebuked for one reason, and that was because people were limiting the purposes of God in their life. And I want to tell you something. It is time to sell the couch. It is time to get off the couch and say, I'm selling this. I don't care if it's comfortable. I don't, think, I don't care if I've had it for a long time. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything with my life. I'm not making a difference in the world. Friends, here's the problem. And I, I might have alluded to this last week. But this is, ah, this is what kind of makes me go nuts as a pastor. It even makes me go nuts about me. And that is this, is that churches are being filled with people who are increasing their belief system while de- decreasing their impact. 
impact in the community, in the city. We are full of knowledge, yet we're not doing anything with it. So we're sitting on our couch and we're receiving, receiving, receiving. Yet when we look at the impact that we're having in our city, we have to admit, oh, this is not right. And so what Moses was trying to get to those people, look, this land's great. Yeah, you're cattlemen. Yeah, this will fit. Yeah, you can flourish here and live here. But there is impact. There is something across the Jordan. But men, you have to stand up. Yeah, I'm speaking just to the men right now. Men, you've got to stand up and you've got to say, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God created me, I'm going to do something great for the kingdom of God. Your past doesn't disqualify you. Your refusal to cross the Jordan disqualifies you. And all you have to do is come into agreement that says, I'm not going to just sit on my couch. I'm not just going to hang out any longer. I am going to get a dream and I'm going to move towards that dream. Towards that dream. That's what we got to go to. That's where we're at. I'm not here. Listen, do you want to know something? I want to be very clear with you. I will never, ever, ever dis or, or dismiss the history of this church. But I want to tell you something. God works in progression. God brings about a season to build on that season, not to just start all over from the beginning. And friends, we cannot settle with this season or the past history of the church. We need to step up and use that as a platform to cross the Jordan into the next season of the church. And I'm here to tell you that we can come together in agreement. We can come and say, you know what? I haven't invited anyone to church in five years. That's going to change today. We can come together and say, you know what? I haven't read my Bible in ten ten consecutive days since I was in college. That's going to change. You know what? I haven't gotten excited for church since I went to vacation Bible school and liked Sally Mae there because she was pretty. You know, that's going to change. Listen, we've got to come together and say, there are things that need to change. I'm going to choose to go to war. I'm going to choose to change them. How many of you would agree if you look at your own life, not your friend's life, not your wife's life, not your husband's life, how many of you would agree that if we're going to cross the Jordan, there are things in our own lives you would say, you know what, God's speaking to me. I need to change. How many of you would say yes to that? Friends, I'm saying yes to that. I'm going to get into this now about what would it mean for us to not just agree we need to change versus pursue the dream. What would it mean for us to go, okay, what would it mean for us to go, I, okay, I get it now, let's do this. Because quite frankly, there's no real Jordan River. There's a Columbia, but we're not actually asking you to wade through it, okay? So what does it mean in a spiritual life to cross the Jordan, okay? I want to talk to you about just really quickly, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit on it. What would it mean for you to pursue the dream? The first thing is, very simply, is this, is that we've got to pursue God. We've got to draw near to God. The second thing that we've got to do is ditch dream killers. And the third thing that we need to do is discover our GPS. And I'm going to explain what this whole GPS thing is. But we've got to draw near to God. We've got to ditch dream killers and we've got to discover our GPS. If we're going to follow, if we're going to pursue a dream, friends, you've got to draw near to God. You can't draw near to a leadership team or draw near to, oh, I want to hang out with Pastor Brian Moore or Pastor Steve Moore, or I'm going to start a small, a small group for men. I'm going to, I'm going to come to church every week uh, uh, for five straight weeks. I'm, I'm crossing the Jordan. Uh, this, I'm going to draw near to people. I'm going to... No. Friends, 
Let me be honest with you. If you don't, don't draw near to God, you're drawing for the wrong reasons. You're dreaming for the wrong reasons. You've got your wrong motives. Listen, the only way, the only way that you can get a dream from God is not through some 33-year-old preacher walking back and forth and shouting loud. The only way for you to get a dream is for you to go, God, I've got to get near to you. I've got to get near to you. And if I were to ask you, and if you were to be honest, what would the answer be on how near have you been drawing to God lately? I'm not talking about belief system. I'm not talking about if you believe in prayer. I'm asking about prayer on your knees. I'm not talking about if you think the Bible is the authoritative, inerrant Word of God. I'm asking how much have you digested the Word of God? I'm not asking... You know, if you believe in the power of fasting, I'm asking, how long has it been since you've gone on a personal fast because you've just wanted to draw near to God? You see, we've got a lot of believers, not a lot of movement. We've got a lot of people that believe in the power of prayer, believe in fasting, believe in the authority of scriptures, but not a lot of people that are moving in those things. That's what this is all about. Hey, you know what? I'm going to stop sitting on the couch and I'm going to move. We've got to draw near to God. I want to read a scripture to you here out of 1 Peter chapter 2. He's saying, look, if you want to leave the past behind, some of you, you're leaving an old lifestyle behind. You're leaving some sin behind. I want to tell you something. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and every and all slander. Now look at what it says. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now I want to bring your attention to verse 4 here. As you come to Him. Does that sound like drawing near to God? As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God as chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. So let me pull out two phrases there. As you come to Him, you are being built up. As you are coming to God, guess what? Something inside of you, a dream is being birthed. Something inside of you that can handle war, that can handle the Jordan. Something inside of you as you draw near to God. Friends, it's just so, could could you write it down? Or could you ask for prayer? Or could you just say a prayer in your heart right now that says, I don't want to just believe, I want to move. I don't want to just just think about God. I want to draw near to Him. I want there to be movement. Friends, let's just, let's just play this game because I like to move a lot, right? It's not like this. It's not like, yes, I need to move to God. Yes, yes, our church needs to move. Oh, that the world would move to God. Yes, we're getting beyond agreement. Last week was agreement. Last week was, okay, we need to dream. Today's movement. See, we go, yes, I need to move. And God's right over there. And I'm coming. I'm drawn. I'm getting rid of all deceit, malice, envy, bitterness, unforgiveness, holding on to the past. I'm getting rid of it. And I'm going to seek God. I'm moving towards God. What would it look like this week if you moved towards God? Don't just agree with me right now. I want you to think of your life. We're already in agreement. 
What would it look like if you said, you know what, for the season, Pastor Steve's going to be casting vision at Super Sunday. What would it look like if I moved towards God this week and prepared and was built up in my spiritual man? Ladies, what would it look like if you didn't just agree or, 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 or thought about it, but what would it look like if you draw, would draw near to God? I, I'm being honest with you. I want you to think about this. Because when I look at my life, you guys, man, I agree so much and draw so little. I agree so much. Oh, this week I'm going to pray. I'm going I'm to just get on my face and call out and cry out to God. And I think about that a lot. But the activity, if you were to see a, a video, if my life was being video, videoed this past week and you got to watch me call out to God in motion, in action, not just in my mind, you know what, there wouldn't be a whole lot to see. Not as much as I know that God's called me to. The identity that God called me to is not my current identity. But I, with you, am coming under agreement and saying, this is a word of the Lord for our church. And that's the pastor, that's everybody. That I am going to move towards God and I'm going to make it a point. I'm not going to be a couch potato Christian. I'm not going to be a slob. I'm not just going to sit back and relax. I'm going to go after it. Okay, draw near to God. The second thing that we have up there, you guys, is ditch the dream killers. Friends, there are people around you that are trying to kill your dream. There are friends you might be hanging out last night. You might have been hanging out people over at your house, and they're good friends, and they're that. But you know what? They laugh at your dreams. You know there's something inside of you that God's called you to, and they're just like, whatever. Oh, that's not that big of a deal. You can't really be that serious about it. You know that uh, most dream killers are not enemies. They're friends. Did you know that? Did you know that, that Peter to Jesus was a dream killer. You say, Peter, you know the guy that Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, that Peter? Do you know that he was a dream killer at one point? It says in uh, Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Friends, you might have people in church, they go to church more often than you do, and they're still dream killers. There might be people that go to this church that are dream killers. There might be people that used to go to this church that are dream killers. There might be people that are your relatives, your family, that will try and kill your dream because they're like, oh, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 here they go. And you want to say, you know what, I am going to ditch you. Now, you don't stop loving, but you say, I'm not going to let your words influence my dream. I'm not. And some of you, you, you do, uh, can I just be honest with you? Some of you just need to kick your friends to the curb. Just say, adios, sayonara, hasta la vista, hasta luego, hasta pronto, hasta mañana, but not really because I'm ditching you for a long time. So here's the deal, is that you just need to say, I'm done with you because I am, not, see, I'm telling you, I got such good um, uh, Spanish accent, you guys. I don't know why you don't think I could say quinceanera. But anyways, uh, here's the thing. Uh, you missed it last week, Priscilla. I'm just telling you, I was, I was on a roll. So here's the deal. Um, uh, there are people that you've let influence you that if you were to be honest with yourself, the people you're chilling with, the people you're kicking it with, okay, the people that you're just letting influence you are people that are speaking negatively about God or His church. If you're going to cross the Jordan, do you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take liberty here, okay? This is not in the Bible. I'm going to take liberty. You can just agree with me or not agree with me. But I bet, I bet Joshua and Caleb were best friends. I bet they were. Because 
Ten people were like, nah, 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 nah. and Joshua and Caleb were like, no, we taste it. You taste it? Yeah, I taste it. I'm not going to listen to them because we saw. We know. I don't care if ten people. Hey, guess what, friends? Guess what? The ratio of dream killer to dream enabler might be ten to two. You might have to find that one person and say, you know what? We're going to rally together. I don't care if these ten people are speaking negatively. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You've got to ditch your friends. Some of, some of them are friends. Some of them are Christians. Peter was, was a follower of Christ, but, but Jesus said, sorry, Peter, you're done. And then some of these, uh, uh, some of these dream killers are simply su- seduction things. I'm just talking about sin. Some of you men, some of you women, there is sin knocking at your door, and you've got to say, you're a dream killer. You don't, see, here's the deal. Oh, why don't you go to those movies, Pastor Brian? Is it because you're super religious? Or, oh, why don't you listen to that music, Pastor Brian? Is it because you're super religious? Or, or oh, why don't, why, why don't you just, why don't, why don't you just, can't, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't hurt me that bad. No, here's the deal. I don't care if it's sin or not sin. I just know th- that there's certain things in life that enhance dreams and certain things that kill dreams there's certain things that bring me down and certain things that build me up and i don't even want to surround myself with things that are going to put rain on my parade say pastor brian is it sin or is it not sin i got teenagers walking up to me how far can i go before god thinks it's immoral and unholy i'm like wrong question is it okay to drink alcohol if as long as i don't get drunk and by the way these are usually 18 year olds asking me this i'm like uh let's start with the fact that you're 18 but the point is it's wrong question wrong question people are asking questions to see how far they can go and god's saying listen why don't you live a life that simply enhances your faith in your dreams why don't you not even go down that road and say i'm a dreamer i'm somebody that's taking my land i'm establishing a new identity friends some of you need to recognize the things that are trying to pull your pull your dream down uh proverbs 5 says for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is a smooth is smoother than oil but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. The Bible's not the only thing that's sharp as a two-edged sword, friends. You let things into your life. You let you just oh, it's not a big deal. We're just hanging out. We're just friends. Wrong. Oh, it's not a big deal. It, it doesn't affect me the way I you know I'm I'm just different than you. I have different convictions. Wrong. You're letting rain come on your parade when it comes to crossing the Jordan. Friends, how about we come into an agreement right now that if there's things that we're letting slide that are sinful, that are even even if it's not black and white sin, what if we made a uh, commitment that says, you know what, I'm just going to live a life for God. I'm just going to I'm just going to kick that to the curb. I'm not even going to go around the voice of an adulterous woman. And remember, adulterous woman metaphor for anything pulling us into sin. I'm not even going to be around the voice. People go, well, I didn't do anything with her. No, don't be around the voice. Don't go there. You're called to something greater. Amen, somebody. Okay, last but not least, uh, and I'm going to just wrap this up. Discover your GPS. So we have a draw near to God. We have ditched the dream killer, and we have discover your GPS. Now, here's where it gets personal, okay? I, I want you guys to follow with me with this, and I'm going to take two minutes, okay? Two minutes. Do you believe me? Yeah, I don't believe me, but I'm going to try really hard to take two minutes, okay? And I want to talk to you about your GPS. People come into the church, maybe it's your first time here, maybe you've been in and out over the years, maybe you've been here forever, but you know what's so funny is that the common question that people have is, Pastor Brian, I'm not sure what God's will is 
for my life, or I don't know how I fit in the dreams that God has. So I want to I help you really quickly. This is so easy, and it's so simple you might think that's too easy. But guess what? If we made it complicated, you'd be confused and still not do anything about it. This really works. I want to talk to you about your GPS. I want to talk about Gary's GPS. Gary, how you doing? Good to see you. Joyce's GPS. I want to talk about my mama's GPS. This is my mom, everybody. Will you say hi? Will you say hi to my mom? My mom has a GPS. Walla Walla. Okay, uh, there's, there's a GPS. Some of you don't think technology works in Walla Walla, but this GPS does work in Walla Walla, okay? GPS, what is that all about? You guys know global positioning system, right? This is a different kind, but it's still about where you're at at this time in this place. Okay? My parents do have GPS in their car. And as I drove into Illahee, it even said Illahee Elementary. It told me where I was at this time at this place. So many times people want to know about their direction for God at a different place. But God wants you, watch this. God wants you to have a dream for this place in your life right here. At you. God wants Brian Becker to have a dream for the age of 33. God wants you to have a dream for your age at your location, in your city, in your local church, with your family, with your job. How do you figure out what that is? What's my place? Okay, G. G stands for gifts. What are your gifts? Okay? GPS stands for G. When you're trying to think of what, what has God called me to do? Well, what are you gifted at? Can I just be honest with you? I had a meeting with Stephen back there. Everyone wave to Stephen. Wave back, Stephen. I'm picking you out. Oh, I know you love that. You're such an upfront and, and vocal person. But here's the deal. Uh, I met with Stephen, and, and Stephen's been helping with the website, and he's coming up with all these things that I don't know what he's talking about. And he's like, I got the RSS feed working for the iPod podcast, iTunes downloadable integration system link thing. And I'm like, wow, how many of you guys know Stephen is gifted? I'm not. That's not my gift, but that's Stephen's gift. Stephen goes, what's my place in the church? What's my, what, what dream does God want to give? What, what are you good at? What is your gift? Some of you are just great at loving people. And you would say, you know what? I don't know why people have such a hard time giving someone a hug. It's so easy. Hi, you know, you're give, you have gifts. You're good at, some of you guys are like, okay, that is not my gift. That's okay. We're not trying to make a bunch of Barneys running around. I love you, you. We're not trying to make that. We're trying to get you to find your gift. Some of you look great in purple. Others of you don't. Okay? So if your gift is not the Barney love type thing, that's okay. But you are good at something. Now watch this. Some of you have been beat down so bad by your past experiences and by failures that you need someone to tell you what you're good at. Because you look around and you go, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this. And friends, let me tell you what everybody's calling to. It's to speak life into people. You need to go home. And husbands, you need to speak over your wife and say, you know what you're good at? Wives, you need to support your husband. You know what you're good at? Teenagers, 20-something, you need to just get, you need to say, you know what? Let's go hang out and we'll have fun. But let's talk about, let's dream together. See what I'm talking about? How do you find your GPS? What are you good at? What are you gifted at? P stands for passions. That was like four minutes right there, wasn't it? I'm such a liar in the pulpit. Bad, bad, bad. Okay, only when I talk about time, though. Okay, only when I talk about time. P stands for passions. 
Uh, the Bible says test everything anyway, so you just go ahead and sink this all in. P says, it stands for passion. What are you passionate about? Friends, I am passionate about the local church. I am passionate about teenagers. I am passionate about seeing people who could care less about God, cry out to God and be excited. I am passionate about creating an environment in a local church that's electric, crazy, uh, just absolutely, uh, uh, just people can't stay away from it. I, I, I'm just like, my mind's just churning. And p- part of my passion problem is that I see places like this and I go oh there's got to be so much more but God put me here with that passion to bring it come on and some of you go oh, I'm going to a different church because I've got different passions maybe your passion is supposed to be birthed here and bring it they weren't in the Jordan they crossed the Jordan they didn't have that identity but it was their calling to have that identity some of you have passions you're like nah, I don't know about that listen you're here for a reason you were created for a reason to bring your passion and say oh what if let me ask you this. What should happen and what must happen in your, in your opinion? Now remember the covering thing from last week. If you don't, it's on the web, Life Church, True Life Church TV. That'll take me a while. Covering, you, you, your passions have to fit under covering. You can't just be, well, you know what I think should happen? Pastor Brown, I don't, I don't like those black things back there. Those black things, I got a passion for white draperies. And if you don't change it to white draperies, I'm going to the church of the white drapery. And you know what? Guess what? God bless you. I hope you find the Church of the White Drapery. Uh, if that's your passion, then that's fine. But that's not under cover of the passions of the church, right? So here's the thing is we have to be submitted with our passions to the direction of the church and to what God's doing. But most of the time, most of the time, people don't even wait to find out. People don't even have conversations. They're like, oh, I don't know. But listen, I have passions, friends. Can I, uh, I have passions for this place, and I'm not seeing it. There are things that I want to see happen here that are not happening. But I'm not going, you know what, I'm going to church that has it. No, I'm going to let God use my passion to bring what needs to happen here. Same with you. Passions. S, last one. It's kind of weird. It's kind of different. We talked about gifts and passion. We go the opposite end of the spectrum now. To find your place for your city, your family at your age right now, S stands for sufferings. You see, what God has allowed you to suffer through can be the very place where you can minister and find your dream and enable God's healing. You see, if you take your gifts, your passions, and your sufferings and say, God, I give it to you. I'm gonna, I, Jennifer and I have that story that you guys have heard by now, but we use that as something that instead of a hindrance, as su- as st- instead of letting the devil beat us down with that history, you know what, we, we let our sufferings to propel us into the promised land that God has for us. The very thing that's caused you pain could very well be the thing that's going to enable you to cross the Jordan. Because if you let God use it for his glory, he will be glorified. But if you let it beat you down and keep you on the other side of the river, the devil wins. And I'm here to tell you to get off your couch. I'm here to tell you it's time to sell our couches and say, you know what, I'm going to adapt the GPS. I'm going to ditch the dream killers, and I'm going to draw near to God. And we are going to move forward. We believe it. We're pursuing it, and we're not going to stop. And if you don't like it, well, you know what, I'm going to pray for you right now. But I think, this is what I think, I think you do like it. I think that the people in this house want God to move. I think we want to move to the next season, and I believe that God's going to do something great.